It's the Video Entrepreneur Podcast, the number one podcast for video businesses. And here he is, your host, PJ Tyne. Hello, everybody. Happy to have you on today's episode of the Video Entrepreneur Podcast. I'd like to welcome Daniel Glickman to our show from Wave.Video. Thank you, Daniel, for joining us. Thank you, PJ. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. So you and I have actually touched base before and this was before COVID and we're about five months into COVID and it's been, you know, it's taken the world by storm. A lot has changed. So you have a very interesting perspective of the market with a pretty awesome video tool. So I'm really excited to talk to you, learn more about wave.video and how you're helping the world edit videos, post videos and all this good stuff. So tell me a little bit about Wave.Video. So uh, Wave.Video is a platform for marketers, for small businesses, social media managers to create, edit, host videos, repurpose. There's a lot of repurposing going on these days. And we're seeing more and more users create videos from podcasts, create videos from different sources, and turning different sources into videos they use in different ways. Awesome. So Wave.Video is ultimately... A, its core functionality is video editing, is that correct? And then you obviously can host the video, embed it, and you also offer templates. Can you shed a little bit more light into the tool itself? Yeah, so we have a few components here to our product. One is a video editor in the browser. One is a video hosting service. And then we have templates, we have a calendar where you have ideas for different uh, videos you can make and different peripheral sort of services around that. So the combination of editing and hosting is what's really interesting. You can take a video that you have and then edit it to repurpose, maybe make a story out of it, maybe make many different pieces of content out of it. Or you could uh, create a video from scratch from a stock library, or you can mix and match from all of these. Another thing you can do with different videos, create video landing pages, add them to your website, and so on. And if any time in the future need to edit the video, it's right there. So you can edit videos that you've already embedded on your site, or you can edit your video landing page. It's all merged together, which is pretty unique and really cool. Awesome. That's awesome. So ultimately, it's a video marketing platform that enables you to create also GIFs as well, right? So you could create video thumbnails. Can you create video explainers? Technically, yes. But if you're thinking of the animated sort of explainers, that would be a different software that we have, which is called Animatron, which is a whole different topic of itself. Got it. Awesome. You know, for our audience, like a lot of you screeners, they have a big interest in editing video. They'll shoot a lot of video and then they'll need to edit that video and cut specific clips out or add, and you offer a lot of templates as well to add within the videos. Can you give us some tips and tricks on video editing? If I'm new and starting to create some content, I obviously have my own camcorder and I'm capturing, what tips would you offer for me on video editing? If honestly, I don't have much experience. Your tool is very easy in the cloud. It's super easy to do the editing, but if I wanted to do that myself, what tips would you offer? Okay, so one is start with the purpose. What is the purpose? If the purpose is to take your video and create, say, a social media clip, those clips tend to be very, very short, focused, and eye-catching. So one, focus on number one piece of content you have within that longer video. Trim out anything that is unnecessary and just find a one-minute, two-minute, five-minute, however long it needs to be, that really packs a punch, right? A lot of times people try to add intros and so on. We really want to eliminate as much as possible when we post to social media. 
if the goal is to have, say, more like a webinar or a course or class, then it needs to be longer. It needs to be more in-depth, of course. It needs to be slower pace. And, but you do want to create a visual interest in the viewer because if it's just a talking head, then it's boring, right? The, the user attention isn't captured well. So a few ways to do it is to intermingle some screen captures, images, examples, something that you kind of put in there so it's not just the same person, just Daniel talking all the time, right? We do have a stock library available for free for our users and for purchase for those who want to purchase more. You can upload any kind of stocks. So one trick to do is if you're talking on and on about a topic that is maybe more abstract, then you can replace some of that with a more interesting background. Another important element is captioning. Captioning is really caught on, and it's so important for so many reasons. Almost anywhere you're posting, people want to see captions. There are two types of captions, either what we consider subtitles, just the narration of the text, right? Those are great for if the audio is off or people have certain disabilities, maybe they're in a noisy room, maybe they're a place where they shouldn't be watching videos. Another reason for it is you can sort of summarize the text. So that's a second type of captioning where you don't actually post every single transcription. You just post bullet points of what's happening. So that helps reinforce the message. That's great for both courses, but also great for social media or any kind of video where you're showing people, hey, if you're listening, you're hearing the whole thing. If you're not listening, you're getting just the highlights. You're missing out a bit, but you can still get value out of it, right? And if you are listening right now, Here's just the main key points that I'm just reinforcing for you. So it's helping you keep the attention. So those are my basic editing tips, if you will. And I'd say, you know, just get better over time. With video, it's not about perfection. If you have your own show or your own course or your own whatever it is you do, and it's systemized after, you know, two, three, four years, in the beginning, it's the big stuff that count, not the little ones. The pace of your video, is it appropriate for the audience? The lighting, of course, is a big deal. And the big stuff make a big difference. The incremental stuff, it's just over time. And the market keeps changing too. So what's really cool today, in two years from now, probably won't be as cool, right? It'll be kind of taken as for granted. You won't have to get into such a level of detail. It's so systemized because by the time you get to that, things will already change again. Don't sweat the small detail. And this is especially, especially true in social media, in stories, and live video. The further you get into more live, in the now, into ephemeral type of content, the higher level of tolerances to imperfections. So if you're live right now with your phone in some on-site event, if you're uh, you know, at a rally or something, people don't care if your phone is shaky because it's the content that counts. But if you have a studio with a class or a homepage video, those have to be highly produced. So think about how long is this video going to last? How much does this video sell, if you will? Who's watching it and what, are, what level are they expecting? And then think, okay, how much should I spend on this video? If the video is just going to be a social media video that lasts 24 hours and 50 people are going to watch it, yeah, that's worth maybe $50 worth of time. So quick, dirty, get it done. If it's a homepage video where tens of thousands of people a month are going to watch it, and some of them are going to pay you $50,000 for your product, yeah, you want to spend maybe $50,000 on that video. And maybe in time, not necessarily in money, just budget the effort to what the purpose of the video is. Okay, that's awesome. Really good insight there, Daniel. Thank you for that. Especially with purpose as well as captions. Does Wave.video help you create captions? Yes, we support both types of captions, both the manual captions and the automatic captioning. You can do it for free within the subscription. 
no, no limits and you don't have to pay by the minute or anything like that. It's really great. And you can change the style of captions too. So you can make a captions in any kind of font, you can brand it, you can make it bigger so it's easier to read and all that kind of stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's important because creating captions in general and some of the best ones are done manually is not cheap. It's like a per minute cost and it gets expensive. I yeah. do agree on captions, especially on social media posts, something like Facebook. When you're scrolling, as you see the video, you use the picture in picture. Captions is really important. Not everybody turns up their volume and I think it's going to get more and more popular. A lot of the OTT apps we have, we really get people to want to create captions. It's important because if the volume is low, you're just kind of following and it's engaging and you get used to it. So I like the captions personally myself. There is some correlation to the age of the viewer and whether or not they have volume up or not. So the younger ones, they would tend to use, uh, you know, AirPods or what have you more often and they'll have the audio on the older you get, life circumstances are kind of different and use of technology is a bit different. So they might not have it on and they might manually need to hit that audio on button. So that's another thing for remembering when you're captioning or editing is that the first two seconds of the video, maybe up to five, the viewer might not hear your audio at all. And so if by the time they turn on the audio, they missed the whole pitch, now they're going to move on because they don't really know what you're talking about. So you have to kind of adjust for that in your editing and in your script. It's a little tricky. That's a really good point. Yeah, you'll basically miss the context of the talk. That's true. Daniel, how would you say COVID has affected Wave.video as a company? And then I'd like to kind of go into how you think it's affected video moving forward as a whole. Yeah, this is really interesting. When COVID hit, we were bracing for a big shock. We thought all our customers are going to go bankrupt and we're going to lose all of them. We did have a good amount of turnover, higher churn rate in March and April because, yeah, a lot of customers were telling us, sorry, we, we just have to temporarily shut down, etc. But even more new ones who popped in and said we're starting to do videos. So everybody, even restaurants that were just temporarily closed, all of a sudden they had time to do social media or to create videos, and they finally wanted to do it. So it was really interesting that we had this dynamic, and overall we almost doubled our sales during that period. So that was very interesting. And yeah, we did a temporary price drop special offer to help people in, which was kind of needed at the time. Now things are kind of getting back to normal, but we're, of course, concerned about the long-term effects of the economic fallout. There is a pretty strong recession happening right now, which is not being described as such. But yeah, unemployment is high. There's a cascading bankruptcy effect here. We don't expect a huge economic roar to kind of flood us with customers in the next year or two. I hope we are surprised to the better in this. Yeah, that's true. And then how do you think it's changed video uh, in general? Everything from monetization, people wanting to make money with video, to the average influencer, creator, individual using video. How has that been impacted by COVID? Yeah, it's oh, so many things have been happening in the last three months. So I think the obvious things are that everybody's jumped down on lives and on peer-to-peer -peer videos and Zoom and all of that. But I think the less obvious things that have been happening is the very strong trend, which has begun even before COVID, but COVID just really took it to the next level, which is the videos are becoming much less formal. When you're talking to a salesperson now, they could be sitting in their home in their bedroom talking to you, and it might be even a bit messy, and they're not wearing a suit anymore, right? And it's completely okay. 
And that would be completely unacceptable just six months ago. That kind of stuff are now becoming much, much more part of our normal lives. Our coworkers, we're getting to see what their house looks like, all kinds of parts of their houses. And we're just accepting that in everywhere. So videos are much less formal and people actually prefer it. We prefer to have um, relationships with people and we prefer to know who are we talking to. Like, who are they? Not just who are they, but who are they? And so we want to know more about them. And I think that's becoming more and more of a trend is get more personal. The other, of course, is there's a bit of a fatigue of producing new content. We're seeing this rush into creating new content and then it just kind of disappears or just sits there. And a lot of what we talk about is repurposing because if you're making so many videos, how are you leveraging them? How are you distributing them? Rather than going and creating new videos, which takes a lot of work, are you repurposing the videos you have, the ones that are great pieces of content, but just never really got the attention they deserved from your audience? So great examples for that are webinars or courses. You put so much work into those, and then you just put it up one time, and it's gone, right? Taking pieces of those, putting it out, and especially as part of building a funnel. So you asked about monetization. From our end, we haven't seen a huge jump of people trying, okay, I want to charge money for people to see my video. But what we have been seeing a lot is people who are building more and more funnels using video. They have certain types of video that are paid for, and then they have ones that are free. And these could be of all different sort. Oftentimes, it's associated with groups or different platforms like Uscreen where you can put it behind some kind of paywall. And then there's a lot of free content around that drives to that. And so that relationship between the free and the paid is becoming more and more clear to a lot of the people we're talking to or that they realize, okay, I got to put out 10 pieces of free content for every paid one or maybe more. But they have to have a clear distinction between what is the free and what is the paid in terms of what's the value to the user and just put out these teasers everywhere. And so we can see free webinars or paid webinars, free lives or paid lives. Uh, You can see the two groups, free Facebook groups, paid Facebook groups. And all of these things are becoming much more pronounced, I think, and nuanced at this point. Okay. That's interesting on your side to see that. And I agree with that. On our side, from the Uscreen perspective, us being a tool that helps make money for a lot of influencers, creators, brands, we saw a massive influx of influencers, creators, brands who had some type of following, email list, website, equipment companies. They had already had the idea or had heard of monetizing their audience, YouTube followers, whatever that may be. So immediately when COVID hit, they were like, okay, it's time to charge for our content. We have a following of 10,000 or 100,000 on YouTube or Instagram. I'm ready to now sell my course or offer a subscription platform. So we saw a massive wave of customers that are actually extremely successful. So our customers and users grew 5x in the last four months, 5x. I think we're at about 4.5 million end users now, subscribers. That doesn't count the brands, our customers, selling individual courses or rentals, live events, none of those. I'm talking about subscriber end users. So that number would double if you count the total transactions. Yeah, so it's amazing. So I definitely think there's growth in different parts of video. As you're saying, you're seeing a different angle where we're seeing a different angle. And a lot of our customers, probably 30, 40% have YouTube channels and they saw a big growth in their YouTube following and their Instagram following. So anyone who was ultimately an online business during COVID, I think for the most part, 
saw some type of increase because people were sitting at home watching content, creating more videos, following more people, right? I started working out at home. I had never done that before. I never liked it. I was lazy. So I started putting on YouTube, subscribing to different channels of YouTube, including my customers and watching more content. I think ultimately COVID will increase content consumption and online businesses. And look at you and I right now, we're working from home. That was kind of taboo. Uscreen's always been a remote company. We're six years old. And you're right. When I spoke to a potential customer, if they saw me working from home, we have a small office in DC, but sometimes I work from home. They didn't like seeing my sofa. Or if mm-hmm. I saw their sofa immediately, I was like, well, this guy's from home and he's working for Forbes, for example, right? Or any company. But now that's completely normal. I watch the news. I watch economists on, you know, or CNN and people are interviewing. They're in their living room. They're in their kitchen. So working from home, online content consumption of anything, including videos, is only going to increase, in my opinion. It will obviously go down because we saw a massive uprise. It will go down a little bit, but I don't think it'll go down to what it used to be. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it's great to hear that you see the other side of things where you see you know, the influx of people, the monetization side, which we don't see because we don't support monetization. So I'm really glad to hear that you see that in the other end of things. The other third element of this is really brand sponsorships, which lately have been booming a lot as well. Those who can sell equipment or do affiliate links and all of that infrastructure of monetization through either brand sponsorships or affiliates, that's been booming as well. That's true. That's absolutely another angle. And you're right. That's absolutely increasing as well. On social media, Daniel, you guys have a lot of good experience with that and a lot of expertise just by looking at your website and your blog. There's so many different social media platforms. They all have their own personality. But for your audience where they're looking to create more exposure on a social platform and they want to use video, which platform would you push them towards and what tips would you give them for starting to create social video posts on those platforms? That's like, we could talk hours about that. But, uh, if you're starting, first of all, don't look at the hype. Forget about TikTok and all of those kind of things. And it was a natural tendency to kind of want to go there. But really think about, okay, where's your audience at? And which platform is the best set up to drive traffic and sales for me? Twitter is one of those, but Twitter, of course, is difficult. It's a very long process to really build yourself up in Twitter and get a following there. But it's a platform that's designed well to drive traffic to you. Facebook, as much as people talk about Facebook, oh, nobody's on Facebook, everybody's on Instagram. Facebook is the number one traffic delivery platform for most businesses I know. When you look at your Google Analytics and you ask, where's the social traffic actually coming from? It's usually dominated by Facebook. Instagram is really more of a closed system where it's really hard to get traffic from it, right? So it's more of a brand awareness. And nowadays you can actually sell on Instagram. So that's good for some types of businesses. The one that tends to be really undervalued, overlooked is Pinterest. Pinterest, it's about 467 million monthly active users. That's huge. That's probably bigger than LinkedIn in the United States. It's very US-centric. It's perfectly built for driving organic traffic to your site. It's really designed for that. And you can really get a ton of value out of it. The reason why a lot of businesses don't do a lot of Pinterest is because they think, oh, Pinterest is for weddings and birthdays and stuff like that. It's not. It's really for anything. 
you can take any kind of videos you have, put them on Pinterest. They might need slight modifications. Pinterest is also coming out with stories and you get a ton of SEO value from it as well. So if you think, okay, we're going to get long lasting organic traffic to my site. It can actually convert. Where's it organic? Where's my audience? You can narrow down the platform and go there and then think, okay, what is the style of video that works? The great thing about Pinterest is that it doesn't really matter what the video is. It's really more about the text and all of that. And as long as you have your logo and some call to action in that video, it'll work. So it's really getting the match of the content to the audience, which you can do through the optimization of the text. When it comes to Facebook, you have to put money. When it comes to Instagram, it's really how to drive traffic and measure. And when it comes to LinkedIn, it's really great if you're in enterprise sales and you're willing to put a tremendous amount of work into those connections. Short story, I'd say really look hard at Pinterest from a very tactical and practical perspective. Where can you really get results? Yeah, and Facebook is also a really good one, as you mentioned. We also see a good amount of our customers that have a very engaged audience on Facebook. I feel like the followers are more engaged if they're seeing your posts. And also there's ways to easily promote those posts. Video works really well. It's just a friendly platform. It's been around for a long time. And you're right, even though it's easy to follow trends like TikTok, and it is a trend for now, you know, and it doesn't mean your audience is engaging there. Seriously, if you look at the demographics of the audience on TikTok, it's probably not your ideal audience. Possibly, it depends what you're selling. But, you know, especially for you screen customers, what are you? What, is, what type of content are you? Are you fitness? Are you e-learning? Are you selling courses? Are you entertainment, comedy club? Whatever that may be, where is your audience located? Are they on Pinterest? Are you they on Facebook? I think that's the first starting point is figure out where they're hanging out. Right, and where they're hanging out. And then on top of that, what is your ability to generate actual leads from that and traffic from that platform. So TikTok, you might be able to figure out that platform, but can you actually generate sales from it? And that's extremely challenging with TikTok. There are some brands that can do it, of course. And if you're fitness or maybe uh, if you're in beauty, then definitely Instagram is shown that you can definitely sell there a lot. TikTok, possibly. But if you're selling software, can you do that on TikTok? I don't think so. <laughs> yes, it's good. I would, I'd like to see who can do it. Yeah, that's a really good point. A lot more to come on that, I think, as that platform matures itself. Really good tips, Daniel. It's been a pleasure. I'd like to have you tell the audience and listeners where they can find you and then tell us what's next for Wave.Video. You guys are doing some cool stuff. What are you working on? Something interesting that you could share with our listeners. Okay, yeah, so www.wave.video is our URL. You can check it out. You can find me at cmoconfessions.com if you're interested to know more about me and maybe connect with me. And then uh, wave.video, we are working on improving the platform. Right now we're working on allowing for long-form video editing in the browser, so videos up to an hour to be able to do it really well. Uh, we're building sort of a, a great repurposing machine so allowing you to just easily take any kind of piece of content you have, if it's text, if it's a podcast, if it's a video recording, whatever, and really map out for you how easily it is to create different pieces of content from it, a video landing page, a teaser video, whatever it is you need to make. And captioning, we're just wrapping that one up right now. There are a bunch of other things that are underway, but I'll leave that as a surprise for later. Awesome. Love that. Yeah, definitely. As a software company, you guys are always innovating just like us and a lot more good stuff to come. So we're excited. 
And um, thank you for being on the show today. It was a pleasure, Daniel. Great tips from you. And I look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you, PJ. I really enjoyed being here. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And remember, you too can become a video entrepreneur with Uscreen, the leading video monetization platform. We take care of a whole lot. Video streaming, hosting, monetization, analytics, and anything else you need to succeed. You can even get your own apps on various OTT devices, including Apple TV, Roku, iOS, and many others. Be sure to visit www.uscreen.tv and click the free trial button for a 14-day free trial.